Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show. I am your host, Tracy Sandler. Thrilled to be joined by the wonderful Matt Sims, co host of the Sims Complete podcast. We are going to talk a little NFC Championship game. What a game. What a crazy game. What a win for Brock Purdy, Kyle Shanahan, and the 49ers. Matt, was there a point in the second half or in the first half where you were like, yeah, this is done? <laughs> this isn't happening. <laughs> no, I really honestly didn't have that feeling. Now, of course, was I was I shocked that it started the way that it did? Of course I was. I think everyone at home felt that exact same sentiment. I also, though, knew that the better football team on the field was the San Francisco 49ers. And I believe that they had enough as far as their game plan, what they have done all season, the players on their team, that they were going to be able to, to make that a four-quarter game. I just didn't think that it was be, would be such a, a, just a title switch there in the third quarter where it was all just you know, made for nothing, that giant lead by the Detroit Lions. So that really was, I think, the most shocking moment to me was just how quickly it turned and how uh, just unstoppable they seemed after that third quarter. It's playoff time and Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and lines. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. Head to Bet Online today to stay updated on all the action. Bet online. The game starts here. So I'd love your take on the first decision by Dan Campbell to go for it on fourth and two. And I'm going to give a little preface, which isn't necessarily my take because I'm still not entirely sure. I know what my take is, but maybe this will will make, make clear it up for everybody. But my feeling would be you've got a big lead on the road against a really good football team who can't defend the run who is struggling on offense and you have an opportunity to now go up three scores. And I I get the decision. I understand that's kind of what this team is built on, what the season's been predicated on. And I also understand that Josh Reynolds absolutely should have caught that pass, but you give the better football team momentum and life. If you don't make that fourth down, which is exactly what happened, because then everything turned, like you said, it turned and it turned so fast. It was if it was almost as if the 49ers just needed someone to inject a little like energy into them or something and everything was going to go their way. But I would love your take on that decision to go for it fourth down and then to do it again a little bit later. I just would love your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and really to even go back just a little bit before that moment, I really think San Francisco holding Detroit to a field goal before half was huge. Yes. You know, right. because now the score is 24 to 7. We know San Francisco is getting the football, right? So they go down, they kick that field goal to start the third quarter. And that kind of gives you like the, all right, we're only down 14. Like, it's not so bad. And it's also kind of one of those things too for San Francisco where you're in the locker room. You're like, hey guys, it's really simple. We played probably the worst half of football that we could play. And for some reason, you know, at me at home and I'm probably them in the locker room, they were like, we could still do this. We could still win this. We've been through worse, you know, with our careers. Our quarterback is still healthy. We got this. Yeah. And I'm sorry, uh, you say that not to interrupt you, but really quick. Yeah, it's okay. Say that because Nick Bosa said yesterday in his post-game press conference that 
that is what he was saying to everybody, essentially at halftime, that we've got this, just everybody do your job. One of 11, each person do your job and we can do this. It is not over. And so what you saying that is, it sounds like exactly what happened in the locker room. For sure. And it's like, it's really one of those things where even Detroit, like understanding like, yeah, like you wounded the beast. But at the same time, that is when they are at their most dangerous, right? Because you're really kind of playing with house money. No pun intended for Las Vegas coming up, but just, (laughs) you know, for uh, for San Francisco, it it couldn't get any worse, you know? So I would have been to Brock Purdy as uh, if I was his quarterback coach, be like, hey, man, like, let it go. Uh, Take some risks. What do we got to lose? We're already losing. And it really doesn't matter. So we need to be a little bit more aggressive and, and really take some calculated risks here in the second half. And that's what they did. And that the fourth and two, to go back to your original question, um, is Dan Campbell. It's what got you there. I understand it. I totally uh, agree to some you know, point as far as you do what you do. But also in the playoffs, in a divisional round, in a conference championship, Mm -hmm. these are one-off moments where you need to kind of put aside like, will we do what we do conversation and just say, what do I need to do to win today? And that was an example of the score is 24 to 10. If you go up 27 to 10, like you said, make it a three-score game. You at least have, you leave that drive feeling positive. You leave that drive feeling, we move the football, we put points on the board, we're on schedule. Not putting any points on the board. And then San Francisco obviously responding with the touchdown immediately after that. It, it was just like, it, you doubled down on the negativity in that stadium, especially being on the road. And that's really the biggest thing that you have to understand, you know, when you're the road team and when you're really just not the better football team to begin with. When they didn't make the fourth and two in my head, I said, the four are going to win this game. This is this yeah. is like one of the, it's one of those moments. It's just one of those moments that is defining moment. And then when Nayuk made that catch, the catch that went off, um, the corner's arm, helmet, and then somehow Brandon Ayuk comes up with it. I was like, well, now, right. they're, now they're definitely going to win this game. There's just, it just, everything turned in their favor. That ladybug on Brandon Ayuk's shoes. <laughs> Which is awesome. Yes. Everybody yes. Get that, that ladybug. But it was Brandon Ladybug Ayuk forever exactly. now. Yes. He's not Air Ayuk anymore. Now he's Brandon Ladybug Ayuk. Let's just call him Ladybug. Um, which is actually kind of fun. I like that. There's a there's a content piece in there, guys, and I'm gonna find it at some point this week. There's definitely <laughs> content, right. definitely content piece in there. So I agree with everything you just said. And so now I'm gonna turn to the other coach who has been much maligned in his career for quote unquote, not being able to win the big game. I think it's a stupid narrative, frankly, because it's really hard to get to the NFC championship game. And if you're the four coaches that can get you there, you're doing something right. And eventually you will win the big game and we'll see what happens in a couple of weeks. But I think Kyle Shanahan coached an outstanding game, especially in the second half and the adjustments that he made, the adjustments that Steve Wilkes made. I think this was a very good Shanahan day. Yes, it definitely was. And I think really, you know, what we're seeing too from Kyle, from the organization that they have like rebuilt this culture is that, you know, that was the culmination of just like years of planning, hard work, execution and building, you know, what it is really for the culture 
culture of the team to say, yeah, like th- this is no big deal to us, you know? And, and I think that's where people have to understand that there is no such thing as an overnight success. You know, Andy Reid was one of those coaches for a very long time, similarly to Kyle. And we've heard this comparison a little bit here more recently of just like, couldn't get over the hump, couldn't get over the hump. But you know what? He was learning, he was getting better. He was using that experience as an advantage to him going forward, finding the right people at the right time to put in those particular situations, understanding the X's and O's, of course, like Kyle does, but then also trusting the Johnnies and Joes on his football team too. And the leadership of this football team, the leadership that he has brought in that facility, uh, you know, for multiple years now, you know, it just kind of all came to fruition because we can say both you and I, Right. This might probably this might be the least talented football team that he's kind of had in maybe like two or three years. I mean, like they're not as good to me as the initial Super Bowl team in 2020. I I really don't think that they're as good as they were two years ago defensively or as their whole roster goes. But the mentality of the team is stronger than it's ever been. The belief in the quarterback is stronger than it's been ever been. And then Kyle's ability to adjust and adapt to the times depending on what his team needs to do to be successful. And that's where the same with Andy Reid. We talked all year about how Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, they're not passing for 300 yards. They're not doing this. They're not doing this. Well, you know what? They're a team that's built on defense. They're a team that's built on being physical at the line of scrimmage with their running game and then having a great quarterback. So I think both teams have really done a great job of just understanding what their team is built for in this particular year and then maximizing all of that as much as possible. And that's what great teams and great coaches do. We're going to talk more about the quarterbacks in a minute, but I want to just go back to something you said. I would agree the defense is not as good as it was two years ago and that 2019 team, but you said, there's greater belief in the quarterback and the quarterback is, is better and the quarterback can make the plays they need them to play. They need them to make, which means that if the defense is struggling or things aren't working, there's just a lot to be said for truly being able to trust your quarterback. And I really liked Brock Purdy's predecessor. And I think he did a lot for the organization, but it is such a difference when you see what happens in these games and not that Jimmy Garoppolo didn't bring them back from big games, you know, in big games, he did. He brought them back from a 17 point deficit against the Rams a couple years ago to go to the playoffs. But just the difference with Brock Purdy and what Brock can do and the plays he can make the scrambling ability itself. George Kittle said last night, he scampers, which I loved. I just loved that. (laughs) Watching him, he's like scampering and He's he's really everything Kyle ever wanted. He he's a good thrower. He's an accurate thrower. He can do all the things, but he also can extend plays with his legs, and he can do damage with his legs. But he doesn't rely on them. I mean, he's he's what Kyle has always wanted in a quarterback, and it's working well for them right now. Yeah, and, and you're right. He's someone that is moving to play the position. He's not moving to run. Right. He's moving to to make more plays with his feet as far as being a thrower on the run and then just kind of reacting and playing. There's no predetermined things in those situations. And that's that was an interesting thing, too, because late in that second half, you know, the Detroit Lions tried to play a lot of man coverage. And when they played a lot of man coverage, there wasn't as many eyes on Brock Purdy as the scrambler. Uh And that clearly wasn't a thought that they were concerned about. But you know, credit to him for kind of identifying coverage, trusting his instincts. He saw some lanes. He took them. As soon as he took those lanes, he was like, oh my God, there's no one around me and just took off, you know, and he's a better athlete than we give him credit for. He really did a great job of just understanding 
you know, and everyone's always been saying this this whole year. Oh, he's a game manager. You know, the being a game manager is the greatest compliment that you can receive as a quarterback because that really is the main job of being a quarterback. You know, it's being the general and commander during the battle and understanding, you know, where your strengths are, where your weaknesses, what the team is doing, what the coach wants, what what the situation is, you know, so that's an all-encompassing ability for him to have. And I think that Kyle, you know, it's so great. You know, it's just like Belichick and Brady. Now, I know that's an aggressive comp right now, but just, you know, they, it wasn't like this was a planned marriage. It happened. And you know what? It's actually, it's the best thing that's really happened for, for both of these couples, you know, because mm-hmm. without injury and opportunity, we would have never have seen what Brock Purdy was able to, to be, being Mr. Irrelevant. I mean, let's face it. He wasn't getting very many opportunities being Mr. Irrelevant unless it was injury. And, you know, I think we're just, we're so fortunate that, you know, he was able to take advantage of the opportunity when given to him. And now with the belief of his team and the coaching staff and his ability to play and his experience that he gained through college and now in the pros, you know, we're seeing all of these things now, right, at their height. And it's great. It's like what they say, you you find, you meet somebody when you're not even looking. That's, your most That's right. No, you're that, right. Absolutely. And that is really kind of what happened here. And For sure. it's working out great. So let's look ahead a little bit of the Super Bowl because... We've talked about Andy Reid, and so it's Andy Reid versus Kyle Shanahan, Mahomes versus Purdy, even though the quarterbacks don't actually go against each other. But it is something that we seem to say in the world of sports. So, uh, of course, Mahomes yes. versus Purdy and a rematch, Super Bowl rematch. We talked about that other Super Bowl team. They're very different teams, but there are a lot of guys still there on both rosters. So, this should be a fun one in Vegas, first Super Bowl in Vegas. I mean, everybody pray for me. I have to be there nine days. So just <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But this is going to be a fun one. I've heard people say that sometimes Brock Purdy makes throws that are Mahomesy in. I do think Patrick Mahomes is one of one, but we're early in Brock Purdy's career. We shall see. But what are you excited about when you look at this quarterback matchup? Yeah, I mean, really the biggest thing uh, to me, especially when discussing the the Chiefs, of course, we always discuss Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid. But the true story of the Kansas City Chiefs and kind of where their strength really lies is the fact that they might have the best defense in the NFL right now. Mm -hmm. They have the hottest defense in the NFL right now. And I think I'm really excited as a fan to see how Kyle Shanahan and, you know, Spagnola that battle, that chess match of who wins that. Because I think Spags with his history... You go back and see what he's done. He has done a really good job in big games of slowing down some of the best offenses that the NFL has seen. You know, I mean, the Giants would not have been two-time champions during the Tom Brady era with Bill Belichick without Spagnuolo and what he was able to do. So uh, I think that this chess match between these two uh, guys that are at the height of offensive and defensive thought process in the NFL is really going to be a super fun one, you know, and Kyle, I would expect a lot of misdirection, a healthy, healthy Debo Samuel will be extremely uh, effective too, because of his ability to break tackles is just so paramount to the attitude of that offense. And then Christian McCaffrey for a one-off game, uh, just like we saw in the second half, I feel like he ran super angry and super hard. Being two weeks, you know, off and getting that rest, 
I, I have to think that both him and Debo are just going to be this unstoppable two-headed monster. Uh, well, you know, let's add Brock Purdy in there with it too. And, and uh, well, actually George Kittle, as far as the physicality of what they do with yards after the catch and after contact, because they are like Cerberus. I'm glad you brought up Debo Samuel too, because that Brandon Ayuk catch was so incredible that it, and then the touchdown a few plays later, those yes. things highlighted the drive. However, really it was Debo Samuel, those two first plays of that drive that really got it going and proved just how important it is for him to be in that lineup and to be healthy. So I'd like to give Debo some flowers on that one too. Oh, he definitely deserves it. He deserves more flowers than I think people really understand. You know, and of course, like with, with these two matchups and just the how we talk about the sport, right? Of Brock Purdy, Patrick Mahomes, all that kind of stuff, the quarterback position. I mean, we just can't underestimate just how impactful Debo is to this football team. The attitude that he brings, you know, he really is like their enforcer uh, in a lot of ways, especially on the offensive side of the football, as far as how, you know, people perceive them and their physicality that they bring to the t- to the table. So, uh I in 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 the same regards with Kansas City. Isaiah Pacheco is a very similar character to to Kansas City on the mm-hmm. offensive side of the football and the way that, you know, people view them. Uh so it's really important to see both of those guys, Isaiah and Debo, you know, to be able at, to be at their full strength here for this upcoming Super Bowl cuz that's going to be a really fun battle. It absolutely is. And we can next week get a little more in depth and and look at the matchup and why it will be important for San Francisco not to get down 14 points to the Chiefs. (laughs) You do not want to be playing 14 points down to Patrick Mahomes. But we can certainly dive into that more next week. Matt, please tell everybody where they can find you. Yep. Sims Complete with me and Big Phil uh, every week. Tune in. Watch us on YouTube as well. Uh, Sims Complete on Instagram and Twitter. So thank you again, Tracy, for always including me into the uh, the 49ers Chalk Talk. I really appreciate it as always. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on today. It's going to be a fun two weeks as we get ready for the Super Bowl. You guys, you can find me on Twitter X at TracyFGSN, on Instagram at Tracy Sandler. We are brought to you by Bet Online, And if you like what you heard, and I know you did, please make sure to give us a five-star rating and leave a super positive review. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.